Hello, and welcome to the Root of All Podcasts. I'm Miles Newberth. And I'm Devin Newberth. So, brother, I'm feel there's something there's a little something in the air, and I think it might be a chill. And I can't uh, tell if it is the fall cool sweeping in, or if it is spooky Halloween approaching. It's it it's a little bit of both. Well, actually, as we record this, the high today in in North Carolina where I am is ninety seven degrees. So yeah. I'm not getting much cool air. That was us yesterday, but today it is a it's bona fide chilly. I I got up and was was hanging out, uh, and I had to put on a sweater to do this recording. So we, we actually have we actually have some fall here, which I'm all for. I can't I'm, wait for fall. I'm fall for it. Ha ha! ching. Great. Um. So I kind of tricked you again, and to try to be you know timely and topical. Yeah. Um. Because coming out later this month is a new movie. Zombieland 2. Oh, yeah. I had forgotten. I was like, what's what's happening? I mean, other than just like fall, what's happening? Oh, I mean, uh, Halloween's at the end of the month, too. Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm going to throw my hat over the fence. We should definitely be able to have this episode up in time for Zombieland 2 and long before Halloween. Zombieland 2, double tap, if, I, if the Instagram ads are correct. Yeah. I'm excited for it. What are your, what are your, oh, so our topic's zombies this week, everyone. Oh, yeah, what zombies. Are your, <laughs> what are your opinion? what are your feelings about Zombieland 2, brother? I'm, I'm excited. I really like the first one. Um, I watched it recently with, with our father, oh, and I really right. like it. loved it, right? Yeah. Uh, I really like it a lot. My only concern is Bill Murray is in the trailer, and. Really? Uh, it's seen as the, the. Uh, first movie came out in 2009, so this was n- this was a decade ago. Spoilers for people who might not have seen Zombieland a decade yeah, ago. Um, so stop listening for a second. Bill Murray dies in the first one, so how does yeah. that work? It. I mean, he he could be, and don't don't I don't quote me on this. I've only seen like Instagram ad snippets. I haven't seen the proper trailer. Mm-hmm. He could be a zombie. He could. So. Uh, I just saw something uh, in the trailer where they said something about, like, zombies have evolved again to where, like, yeah. there might be in this new movie some kind of super zombie. Yeah. Um, in which, which case... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen it in over a decade. Couldn't the zombies in Zombieland already run, or were they shamblers? Uh, they, they can kind of run that right away at the beginning of the movie. Actually, one of the first the first rule of Zombieland, if I remember correctly, cardio. is cardio. So you have yeah. to be able to outrun the zombies. That's honestly the the one I've been slacking on in my preparations. I went for a bike ride yesterday. Nice, which I feel like it's would be a, be a better way to avoid to you know outrun the zombie than on foot. A hundred percent. Bike is is easily one of the best uh, zombie vehicles. You don't have to worry about fuel that way. Um, exactly. So, um, as some listeners may have gathered, uh, you have some pretty uh, strong opinions about zombies. Yeah, so you know how some people in high school are huge nerds with no friends? Um yeah, uh, I'm not saying I was one of those. I am saying once when I was required to do a de- demonstrative speech, I made it on how to survive a zombie apocalypse 
You're ridiculous, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if I spiked the mic with that laugh. That cackle that I inherited from our mother. A special thanks to our mom for, for, for my cackle. For that laugh. Okay. So I have some questions for you. Yeah. So that our listeners will know where you stand vis-a-vis zombies. How would you define a zombie? There's so many different versions of zombies. What is your definition of what qualifies as a zombie? Generally speaking, I do go by like reanimated corpse of some kind. I think to be a zombie proper, you need to die and be returned as a zombie. Okay. For me, that's less scary. Uh, in, in my mind, it seems much more realistic that in a world where we're constantly discovering new diseases and ailments, that type of illness zombie where your identity is just kind of uh, obfuscated by an illness that is mutated, and so you're not dead, but you're not in control of your faculties, that is more terrifying for me just because you've got... Like, that feels more realistic, like that could happen. I guess that does make some sense. Uh, My main thought is, I mean... There are funguses that already do this to animals. Mm, there are a lot of things in the animal kingdom, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that that alter the brains of animals, but there's mm. not much that actually kills the animal and then makes it do things. I might settle for if there's a stage in the virus where you go into a coma. <laughs> a coma? A coma is close enough to death for you? It might be, for my definition of zombie. Okay. Because, like... On the one hand, when I'm thinking of a zombie, I think of the undead or mm-hmm. the or like resurrected as a zombie. On the other hand, if there was a real life virus that started making people like attempt to eat each other or even just bite to spread the virus, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't not call them zombies. I wouldn't be I wouldn't <laughs> be that nerd like on top of uh, like obviously like on my in my roof fortress who's like actually guys these aren't technically zombies you know like that wouldn't be me i would just i would just jump in with my with my hockey stick machete tool that i've crafted and and go at it fair enough fair enough my definition may be tainted by the fact that my two favorite zombie movies are Shaun of the dead and zombie land that's fair i, I prefer a zomcom I get that. Yeah, Zomcom is, it's a solid genre. Like, it's just, I love a good genre mashup. Uh, So I have some more questions. Great, hit me. Uh, You tend to go more traditional, it sounds like. Zombies, are they fast or are they slow? When I, back, back when I was first studying zombies in case of emergency, I got most of my information from the zombie survival guide, Mm -hmm. which is based on, or which is like, it's almost like an in-world book. Because World War Z came out first, mm-hmm. and the Zombie Survival Guide is basically like a guidebook set like in the canon of World yeah. War Z. It's by the same author. Um, yes. And the reasoning behind his zombies being slow zombies makes a lot of sense to me. Like, specifically because they do die and are brought back. Um, one, the body would just have less dexterity. And two, something else, a virus of some sort that is controlling the human body, would have more trouble controlling it. So zombies in World War Z have about 10% of the dexterity of the human that they got. So they can move and mm-hmm. that's it. And it's not particularly fast. Part of this is wishful thinking. <laughs> uh, you at least have a chance, specifically at the start of it. Generally, you a... can run faster yeah. than a zombie can shamble. Don't get me wrong. 
I'm in New York City. Like, I'm not going to be running. It'll be all about being sneaky, locking myself in, having good pathways to places I can loot and bringing it back home. Like, I'll be, I, I will be traveling rooftop to rooftop. I will be, like, breaking into and looting corner stores, groceries, delis. <laughs> hypothetically. Um, so, if- <laughs> hypothetically. I, I mean, when. It's not a question of if. It's a matter of time. Um <laughs> Good. This is this is the doomsday I prep for. It's the only one I prep for. Now with items, just everywhere you are all the time, you're like, if the zombie apocalypse happened right now, mm-hmm. what would I do in this moment? Yeah. It's because you yeah, can't... I clock exits. Yeah. I don't have the money to like have dead drops all around the city. Uh, I do have a few like safe houses. I have keys to get into, obviously, my apartment, a friend's apartment in case of emergencies, <laughs> and my business of war- and my place of work. I could get into barricade and lock myself into any of those three locations in the city. Good. Which which so, which are pretty well placed. Like if I'm in Brooklyn, does your friend know can... that your case of emergency is a zombie apocalypse? Listen, I've had to let them into their apartment when they locked their keys out, so I earned those keys. <laughs> it was not convenient. So, uh, moving on, I think we got uh, got some of that information there. Uh, when it comes to zombies, is your preference a a scientific disease-based zombie or a magical necromancy-type zombie? Because most zombie things I've seen have been, like... I, I, I lean towards science for the same reason I lean towards slow. It's, it's what I've read most of. Mm-hmm. I would love a really cool, well-done, like, zombie survival. Like, if you gave me, like, something like medieval or even, like renaissance or like uh like early like gas lamp like time period zombie pieces i might Mm -hmm. be really down with a cool magic zombie the thing is it's gotta feel like like a lot of times when you get something that's zombie that isn't like just set modern it doesn't feel like a survival movie it feels like an Mm -hmm. action movie and like so like if you had magic zombies attacking this kingdom and it wasn't just like them riding out to fight them it was like people like hoard like hold up in castles and like having to sneak around at night and that sort of thing and like like how i feel like it could be really cool it's just we don't have a lot like that out there right now most yeah. of the, the best zombie literature is science zombies at this point well for for me scientific zombies are some kind of a disease or parasite or something like that and they are like spreading themselves yeah. So that's how you end up in an apocalypse type situation. Whereas magical zombies, you don't have that spreading apocalypse threat. Once again, for for my money, the mag- the uh, the science is more frightening because there are things closer to that in reality. Uh, two more questions. These should be faster questions for us. Hopefully, um, is Jesus a zombie? Did return from the dead. There's and there's a cannibalistic like thing to it, but he's not eating others. He he's trying to spread his his message, his message, and he does it kind of through cannibalism because he's like, "Eat this skin; it is my bread." But swapped it, um, (laughs) but the other way around on that one. So like, it's weird. He's like almost a reverse zombie. Because he's like, he didn't come up from the dead and start eating people. He came back from the dead and said, start eating me. And it it worked. Maybe that's why there haven't been zombies yet. Because Jesus is the anti-zombie. Yeah. And then, so like, when the second coming of Christ, 
the Antichrist is just the anti-anti-zombie. It's just going to be zombies. So then our, the second one uh, is uh, is uh, another weird one that I just thought for, uh, based on definition, we could play with a little bit. Uh, right. It's Frankenstein's monster zombie. See, that's tough because like partially, yes, but instead of being a person brought back from the dead, he's multiple people sewn together mm-hmm. brought back from the dead. Um, I think so... I kind of want to amend my, my, my zombie. I think the dying isn't as important as the spreading. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, some magical zombies don't spread. If I was going to write a magical zombie apocalypse, I would have it spread. It would be like the realm of the dead, um, like brings back the corpses and uh, like has like uh, the, the magic that taints those corpses can be spread through like the blood is mm-hmm. how I would make like... A, a magic zombie apocalypse but like i think the spreading of the virus is a really important part so i i, I don't know that i would count frankenstein's monster as a zombie because he could technically make more of himself the same way he was made but not uh in a virus like manner and it mm-hmm. would take a very long time for each one so he's not gonna <laughs> spread like an unkillable well and he doesn't have the, the, the instinct to spread really although yeah. well the original Once. Frankenstein could like had speech, right? Yeah, I believe like, so. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. the the like non talking Frankenstein like came a lot later, and uh, and at this point we have like wasn't not Aaron Sorkin the guy who played Two Face whose name escapes me. Um, he played a a Frankenstein that was like sexy, like modern day maybe like crime fighting <laughs> sexy Frankenstein. I didn't see the movie. This is based on like two posters I saw. But like uh, he probably could have made himself some more Franken Franken friends, just not the speed friends. at which I think. Because I do think of zombies as an apocalypse. If you have three mm-hmm. zombies, like it, do you did you even have zombies? If if three zombies pop up in the world and nobody and no towns get wiped out, the does it make a sound? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right, so there that's our little question and answer segment that probably took a lot longer than I thought it would, but that's okay. It's, it's <laughs> great. So I'll start, uh, I'll get into my podcast now, All right. which is how this works, where we both, uh, for those of you who don't know what's going on, this is a podcast in which we recommend podcasts. Yeah. Because I don't think we've said that yet. Yeah. And we're going to do that now. The podcast that I chose this week about zombies is Inquiring Minds. The title of the episode is What Real-Life Zombies Reveal About Our World. Right. Um, so let's. I, I just want to talk about Inquiring Minds in general a little bit before I get into this specific episode. Uh, it's hosted by two scientists, Kishore Hari and Indre Viscontas, and I'm very sorry that I butchered both of those names. Uh, this particular episode was hosted by Kishore. Um, and he is a, a scientist and educator, um, which is a great combination for a podcast, I think, um, because he will understand the, the the harder science stuff and also has, has that educator background so he can spread that information around. Yeah. So this particular episode, I'll read the little blurb. Uh, we talked to science writer uh, at Wired Magazine, Matt Simon, about his new book, Plight of the Living Dead. What real life zombies reveal about our world and ourselves. Awesome. So it's an interview with uh, Kishore, who I'm sure his name I'm saying wrong, and Matt, who hopefully I'm saying right. <laughs> and uh, they talk about his new book, which is about 
zombies in nature. Um, and they don't really define, uh, in the podcast at least, I'm sure he does in his book, but they don't really define what they consider a zombie in nature. Obviously, like I said, uh, in the examples they give here, there's no death component. A lot of how a lot of them evolved is to try to keep the zombified creature alive as long as possible. Sure. They, what I get from the examples they go through is just kind of zombies in nature are anything which could be uh, fungi, bacteria, virus, uh, insects that alters the actions of another creature so that it acts against what its instincts would normally be okay. in order to move along in its life cycle. So there right, are that makes sense. lots of things on this planet that have evolved in a way that they need other animals in order to finish their life cycle. Uh, there, there are a lot of creatures that have their actions altered. Uh, the famous one is there are, there are fungi that will take over ants. And mm-hmm. the, the ant will get taken over by this fungi. And all of a sudden, it will leave the colony and find the tallest blade of grass that it can find. And then it will kind of rain that fungi over the colony. That way it spreads itself. Wow. So that, in my in my mind, that is, like, definitely on point for what yeah. I would consider a zombie. Like, that is freaky. That it literally makes it leave the colony and then damage the colony. That is yeah. hardcore against what its instinct should be. Yeah, that stuff scares me, too, because, um, like, especially if it can be airborne. Airborne zombie viruses terrify me because you can't fight that. Uh, I think The Last of Us has fungal-based zombies. Mm-hmm. And their survival, all, like, on top of just being prepared, also just has a component of not being, like, like a certain number of the population, like, is immune to the, the spores. Hmm. And, like, I hate that because it's random, and I'm not that lucky, so. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. Uh, they talk about a couple of different types of wasps. There's one that I think is does qualify. There's another one that I don't know that it does, for, for um, my definition at least. There is one wasp that I don't remember the specific type of wasp or if they mention it. They sting cockroaches in their, like, in the base of their head and sting into their brain. And then uh, their poison is such that it manipulates that cockroach to, they can manipulate that cockroach to get it back to their, their nest. Jeez. To then be, have an egg or eggs laid inside of it. And for Ooh. me, because they uh it's the that wasp is about half the size of a cockroach and would m- like not likely be able to get that cockroach where it needed to go otherwise. So for me, I think that that definitely qualifies because you have the cockroach like assisting in its own demise uh in a way that it shouldn't normally do. Sure. Um and that so that's just freaky. Yeah, you don't, it's terrifying. You don't, but you don't have like the cockroach turning on other cockroaches. I also don't know how cockroaches, how their family life is. Um, <laughs> but that's, They're all that, that, it doesn't assist in its own, but it does help in the spread of, because it does become like an egg sack. Yeah. So that is pretty terrifying. Um, that would be a bad apocalypse. It wouldn't be great. Because like if, if the wasps could sting us at the base of our neck, bring us home and lay eggs in us, one, that'd be a lot of eggs. Yeah. And two, like my hockey stick machete is not gonna it's not gonna do much against a a human-sized horde of wasps yeah um for for my thing 
some of these are, you know, parasites for sure. And there definitely are like parasite horror movies that are not zombie movies out there. And so like, I, f- I feel like that one's kind of borderline. Yeah. There's another one, uh, <clears throat> the Tarantula Hawk Wasp, which is a badass name. Yeah, really is. For any creature. <laughs> I want, like, that should be a sports team. Yeah, the Tarantula Hawk Wasps. I, I would not want to play hockey against the Tarantula Hawk Wasps. No, they might have machetes on the end of their hockey sticks. They could. But so they are bigger than the tarantulas that they are known for taking on. And so they uh, just kind of sting and paralyze a tarantula and then drag it to their nest and then lay eggs in the tarantula. Um, I believe they lay one egg in the tarantula. And for my money, like that's a parasite and that would be terrifying and awful. But I don't know that I consider that a zombie. No, because it's not altering the attacked creature's actions. Exactly. From um, and it's that's, scary. That's my opinion. I'm not a scientist, but also yeah. those scientists are wrong. Yeah. Just some more little tidbits that they discuss. Another one that I was on the fence about. So there's a worm. Oh, there's a lot of worms that uh, are considered zombifiers. Uh, there's a worm that latches onto the foot muscles of clams called cockles and uses that attachment to the muscle to make it difficult to move. And it also stunts their growth so that it's harder for them to move. And then they end up settling on the top of like this mud. Uh, That way they can be eaten by birds. And then that's where they need, that's where the worm needs to be in order to complete its life cycle. Uh, to lay eggs and stuff, or to get to the next part of where it needs to go, and so that's another borderline. That's another one for me because I it doesn't it it's stops like it from being able to do the... something. It's it's more of a paralysis thing again for me. Yeah, it's more like yeah, like something physically moving. If if someone is standing behind me and like grabs my arms and makes me punch my friend, mm-hmm. they didn't turn me into a zombie. They're just a bully. Yeah. There are worms that infest crickets who then somehow uh, make the crickets jump into the water, jump into bodies of water, and then the worms explode out of the cricket body into the water and lay their eggs, they they mate and lay their eggs there, are eaten by, like, insect larvae, and then they get eaten by more crickets later. So that's like a cycle thing. Um, and so what kind of zombifies it for me is the fact that they take crickets and make them jump into water where the crickets can drown or get eaten by fish, which they don't want right. to do. The really interesting thing for me about these ones is they're called horsehair worms. And if the cricket, if the cricket, if the cricket, if the fast cricket, um, yeah, if the cricket cooperates and jumps into the water, usually it will survive the worm they drill like a small hole out of their abdomen and then the cricket if it survives if it doesn't drown and doesn't get eaten by fish they will live um, and just go about their life they didn't uh they actually the author of the book went into the woods and found they found some of these horsehair worms in a body of water and there were no crickets around uh, because like there were no bodies of crickets around because they a lot of them get away which is 
really like weird like that yeah that's... it's really weird they in laboratory conditions they actually usually you'll get like one worm in a cricket right in laboratory in laboratory conditions they were able to infect a cricket with up to 30 worms and still Jesus. have it sur- and still have them usually survive so it's just like hitching a ride, like basically. Well, so it, it like I said, it gets uh, they get eaten by mosquito larvae or insect larvae, and then those mosquitoes get eaten by crickets, and the mosquito oh, okay. has the horsehair worm inside of it. But it right, makes so it just and then it, in yeah, and so it's it's one of those weird things mm. where I don't know how crickets know the jumping in the water is where it needs to go. It's a very strange yeah. thing because it needs to jump into the water. Mm. And then, like I said, usually it will survive. But if it doesn't jump into the water, then that worm will die inside of it without being able to mate, and the gra- the cricket will get infected and oh. die. So, like, cooperating is actually, once it's been infected, cooperating is in the best interest of the cricket, for the most That's part. That's true. Because um, at least then it has a chance of, of surviving that. How does a cricket know that? I don't know. It's gotta be like there must be some brain chemistry thing going on there. There like, has I don't to know be. What. Um, like the only the only thing I can think of is like if the worm takes in the majority of the moisture and like makes the cricket crave water to the point where it will jump into a body of it. But like that seems that's weird. Like a lot. That's the only other thing I can think of. But yeah. again, I'm not a sci. I'm not a scienceman. I'm not Harold Scienceman. The uh, there are worms that take over fish and make them swim near the surface of water. Uh, where they can get picked up by birds, and then well, just like the the clams I talked about earlier, that is how they propagate. So that's kind of zombieish to me. And then uh, they talk about how they talk. They have a few other examples. They talk about a few other things, and then they talk about rabies and how rabies right. is kind of the scariest thing for people because uh, rabies evolved in mammals, and so rabies doesn't do. All the same things that it does to other mammals to us, but because uh, we have mammal brains and it was made for mammal brains, rabies can infect people and it's it's not a fun time. The weird thing about rabies is that everyone knows that, you know, rabies can make you aggressive and makes animals aggressive as a way to... Sp- like, rabies is kind of what pop culture zombies were based off of. Um, yeah. You know, you have animals really aggressive, trying to bite and uh, and foaming at the mouth and stuff like that. It's kind of the is where a lot of the, the current zombie stuff came, especially today. like your rage virus. <clears throat> well, uh, so I mean that's where that's where uh, I am Legend, the book, not the the Will Smith vehicle. The book uh, was kind of their zombie vampire weirdness was partially based off of rabies, and then the Night of the Living Dead was actually based off of those. Partially based off of I Am Legend. Uh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> and so the like it all comes from rabies. It's not a new thing. Like that's where yeah. zombies, as we think of them today, came from is rabies. Um, but rabies. The point I was trying to make is that they, rabies doesn't just make you aggressive. Uh, in humans, rabies gives people a severe aversion to water. Right. Uh, like to the point where there is documentation of like people being in the hospital. And, uh, like, a nurse, like, offering them a glass of water. And the person will... It's not just like they're afraid of swimming. Like, even the idea of drinking water 
like make them recoil. Interesting. Which is like definitely being made to go against survival instinct. Exactly. And it's it's just freaky that like that's a very specific yeah. thing. I don't to, know how what part to of affect the your brain, brain chemical like <laughs> makes you so, uh, averted to water. Is it liquid in general? Like ingesting liquid in general or just water? I, I I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Right, right. Um, Neither of us. I don't think they offered them like they. I don't think they did an experiment with. with what about Coke Raven Zero? Sir? They were like water, Ooh, root beer, orange, Ooh, root orange beer, Fanta? yummy. <laughs> orange, orange Fanta. At what point does a soda become so like chemical based that? Oh, oh you who? Yes, I will drink that. That is hardly a, a beverage at all. Uh, that's just a laxative at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry, that got a little blue. Um, <laughs> um, but so from there, they go and talk about a, a, a little bit. They kind of leave you with, like, if if a disease can do that to your brain, you think of everything you do as, like, choices that you've made. But, like, how much of the things you do and the things you think are altered by chemicals and stuff around you. It's a very weird... Like, and that's almost the scariest part of the whole thing. Yep. Is consciousness an illusion? Uh, an evolved illusion we have to make ourselves feel important so that we propagate the species? Um, it's terrifying. <laughs> Especially because we have so many people whose actions are affected by brain chemistry. Like, I would be a totally different human if I didn't have the whatever brain chemical imbalance had, gives me my attention deficit disorder. And, like, depression affects a huge number of people's lives and actions every day. Um, so, like, yeah, like, we, we think of ourselves as making decisions because, I mean, we do. Like, right now I'm choosing not to throw my microphone across the room, mostly because there's no reason for me to. But that is a choice I'm making. Yeah, it's it's definitely, we could probably spend an hour talking about that. Yeah. But um, I'm going to give the information to contact my podcast and then... We can talk about yours. Cool. Um, I've got, like I said, it's Inquiring Minds. Their website is inquiring.show. They're on Twitter at Inquiring Show. Um, and they are Inquiring Minds on YouTube. Sweet. So check them out. All right. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, this week I listened to The Zombie Chronicles colon Escape. And this was interesting to me because a lot of times when I'm trying to pick a podcast, I do try and pick something that's still running. This one is not. But that's because... This one is not. Okay. Is it because the authors got killed by zombies? No. This one is not still running because it was. it's an audiobook. This person, James Meltzer, Melzer, Meltzer, one of those two pronunciations, wrote a book, a novel, called The Zombie Chronicles, Colon Escape. And instead of uh, publishing it, an audiobook, somewhere else, they did it in two chapter segments and posted it as a podcast. So it ended because the book ends at some point, because that's what books do. They do do um, that, I've heard. Which I thought was an, an interesting way to like get your story out there. It's read by the author, and it's, it's neat. I only listened to the first two chapters, so I will like lay out what those are like, because the point of the podcast isn't to pick and choose episodes that you're interested in. It's to listen to this book through. But it is a zombie book. It seems to be like post the apocalypse. So these are science zombies, but like vague science zombies. Mm -hmm. uh, an asteroid passes nearby Earth. 
leaves a bunch of green stuff in the sky that eventually fades. People are like, well, that was weird. And then people start like going crazy. Like they end up like jumping off of buildings and killing themselves. Then they come back and attack. What's weird about these zombies, they don't seem to spread by like biting. It's just like the people who die via the air virus airborne virus come back and attack people they can't spread it through bite but so this happened and a few months later they seem to have it under control and we're following a character who holed up for a chunk of time came out when everything seemed okay and now the government is running experiment experiments on them oh yeah our hero is on the outskirts of some city and 12 times now he's gone to some sort of like government facility so they can run tests. How they run tests on people is they take their DNA and grow clones of them. And I guess have the zombies like feed the clones to these zombies. <clears throat> what? And this person, yeah. Uh, for science, I guess. I, they might go more <laughs> into it later. But like, this is what seems to be happening. This guy has gone 12 times, which is more than like anyone else according to the people he talks to. He also insists on watching. His clones, like, be, like, grown and raised and fed to these zombies. How does does a zombie eating your clone test you for being a zombie? I don't think it does. It doesn't really. It's just for, (laughs) like, they're they're testing, um, I guess they're testing, like, the zombies' reactions and stuff like that. Or, like, like seeing if they can find ways to, like, manipulate the zombies and they just need fresh bodies to do it. So it sounds like And how they get those bodies is cloning. Sounds like he's training the zombies to really like eating him specifically yeah what's odd it seems like this plot i'm curious where it goes but basically he it starts with him telling you a little bit about the world in the background then you see him like meeting up with his his friend at a coffee shop and is like i need to talk to you i've made a decision after watching my clone get eaten 12 times he decides he's going to help the next one escape huh yeah so i don't know why how where i don't know why they're doing the science stuff it's all a lot of stuff going on um sounds like a lot and it's interesting because like it's written like the way it's written is kind of like pulpy it's not an old detective novel but it kind of reads like one like the old like pulp fiction like detective or um western novels is kind of how the writing style feels um and then you also have the author reading it which has the plus of like he knows the words very well but he doesn't like he's not necessarily a performer so like it's not the best audiobook reading i've ever read but it was certainly interesting and i did i did enjoy the first two chapters of it sounds very interesting it was it was it was fascinating because we've been talking about definition of zombies and like these guys miss out on a couple key points for me Mm -hmm. um they do have a a few other key points and this is interesting in that it isn't like the post-apocalypse zombie it's like averted apocalypse zombie style thing well because if so if uh, if a zombies, to your point earlier, if zombies did like happen, like if there were human zombies around yeah. and we were able to contain them or stop that from getting out of hand, if there were the three zombies that those zomb- like those people would be studied. It's not like a like a horror movie where you would stop those three people and like bury them forever and everyone would go on with their lives. Like, those would end up being studied by scientists, for sure. So, in the movie, even, I feel like scientists would start studying them just so you could have a sequel. Well. Um, but, like, yeah, like, in small town, in small town wherever, upstate New York or something, like, yeah, like, 
the zombies attack this this town. The small town sheriff gets a militia together. They kill the zombies and they bury them and never speak of it again. Mm-hmm. But like in your more world epidemic style thing, definitely like yeah, like we would be studying those zombies for sure, hundred percent. Whereas like so like this sort of thing does make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a a chunk of the zombie experience we are not used to reading about. Mm-hmm. They do cover it a bit in World War Z, which is fun. Like seeing like. They don't really end up studying them a whole lot because they, I mean, they, they're trying to study them as the pandemic hits yeah. the world. But, like, in terms of, like, launching an offensive and, like, slowly taking back the world from zombies, the way they do it in World War Z is uh, just choice. So so the that's the, the thing with, like, if there was a three zombie outbreak or whatever, I keep coming back to that. But if yeah. the, the thing is, is, like, that would be, uh, you, you guarantee they would be studied. But in a lot of these movies, that studying is how an uh, an outbreak happens. Yeah. Because they see that, like, something about the zombies' traits, uh, they think they could use that to cure a disease. Or yeah, they think uh, they could use that... this brings people back from the dead, we can use to fight cancer cells or something, something. Yeah. And then they basically, at that point, they make the zombie virus, like, super contagious or super powerful, and then... That's where the real apocalypse type event would would occur. So what I'm saying is, is that even in your scenario with three zombies, you could still end up with an apocalypse. So I think it does it's make true. it sound. That's fair. Unless small town sheriff kills him and buries him, you know. Yeah, supernatural style. <sighs> yep. Yeah. So that was that 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 was mine. Like, there isn't a lot to talk about. Um, because we, I was thinking we could talk about like zombie stuff in general, but we did that at the beginning. Like, it, this is an interesting book. I enjoyed the part of it I read. I'm sure the algorithm will have some some suggestions on which of you out there will like it. Uh, do you have any questions about James Meltzer and his book? Has he written any other books that you know of? No idea. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, good talk. Great. Good talk. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you have any questions? I probably won't be able to answer them. That's how I should have said that. Um, yeah, I was just like... Um, you specifically so asked me if I had questions about the author. <laughs> yeah yeah his name is james Meltzer. he wrote a book about zombies oh, and that's all Miles, the facts you know about him you you research fiend you always you're so knowledgeable about your topic miles cool do we want to throw this over to the algorithm uh we might as well all right tap 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 keyboard keyboard uh, it looks like the printout uh printout's coming out right now Okay, uh, so the Zombie Chronicles colon Escape. It seems to be recommended for um, like fans of like older Pulp Fiction style books, as well as people who are interested in like the science fiction or science zombie. Uh, especially loved if you if you're one of the eight people in the world, and I know more people in the world have read this book uh, who read uh, Go Go uh, Go Go Dancers, Go Go Girls of the Apocalypse. Go Go Dances the Apocalypse, something like that. If you've read and enjoyed that post-apocalyptic Pulp Fiction style book, you will love this one. Yeah, so that's that seems to be that. Uh, what's it? What's it saying about your your podcast? Uh, let's see here. It says that uh, Inquiring Minds uh, zombie episode would be recommended for anyone who is interested in insects. Anyone who is uh, not eating breakfast. Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who just uh it's it's just great for anyone who wants to know more about uh science and who who likes kind of tying uh horror 
films and horror ideas to uh, a, a real scientific fact. Cool. That sounds rad. Awesome. Well, thank you guys out there for joining us today. Thanks so very much. Thank you, brother, for recording with me this fine morning. Thank you to um, our, our mommy and daddy. Yeah. Thanks to... I I, for, I think you thanked most of the people. Yeah, thanks to Max Brooks for making me obsessed with zombies when I was uh, when I was a young impressionable youth. Um, thanks to Ame for letting me use my microphone. Thanks to Devin for letting me handle the thank you section of the podcast. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, yeah, thanks for awesome. letting me Th- handle the you're welcome section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, our, let's get out of here. Our you. contact information: we're at oh, Twitter yeah. at Root of Pod. Uh, we are the root of all pod at gmail.com. We have the the root of all podcasts on YouTube in case you really want to listen to us and stare at our logo. Yeah. We have facebook.com <laughs> slash root of pod. Um, if you have listened to any of our episodes uh, and it's made you want to go check out the other podcasts that we covered in that episode, let us know. Shout, us, yeah. shout out on Twitter. Uh, email yeah. us if you don't want to be public about it. Um, we would know. love to Let give you a shout out. On the, on the, yeah. Tell them we sent you. They don't know us, but tell them we sent you anyway. They'll give you a deal. <laughs> <laughs> They'll give you a deal on their free podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll give you two for one. Yeah. Just use promo code root of pod. And <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Uh, all right. We'll see y'all later. Yeah. Love you, brother. Love you. Bye. Bye.